Hello, everybody, and welcome to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen, your host here, and it is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. And as always, I have my good buddy, Arusha Paris, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager, joining me on the show. It's going to be a little bit of wee time this week, right, Arusha? That's right. Okay, so Arusha and I are going to kind of go through what's going on in the current market. Um, we had a follow-through day last week, and we'll see if this is something that can hang on and what kind of stocks are setting up or not looking so great, as the case may be. And we'll spend a lot of time on that for our second segment as well. And then, of course, as always, we'll go through some of the stocks that are on our radar. So uh, let's let's start it off. And maybe we start this week with the S&P 500, since it was the first one to uh, have its follow-through day. And this is something that we've been talking about uh, a little bit. Remember, the follow-through day concept is the idea that one day isn't enough to turn a market and, and turn it into an uptrend. So what we need is we need a rally day, and that starts as day one. And then you start counting, day two, day three. And as long as you don't undercut that rally day, your rally is still intact. And so what happened on the S&P 500 is we had that rally day on February 24th, where we had a major reversal. Uh, there was a big swing that day. Uh, and that kind of set day one of the rally. And we kept on counting, kept on counting. And then lo and behold, we got a day. And what we look for in particular are two things, price up significantly. We want to see some power. And we also want to see some volume behind the move. And in this case, we look at volume being heavier than the day before. And we got that on the S&P 500 because it didn't undercut its February 24th low, leaving that rally intact. Now, that rally was certainly on the ropes, especially in the tech, uh, in the tech area, as evidenced by the NASDAQ composite, which did undercut its February 24th low. And because of that, you had to restart the count. So we had day one of the rally, and then we started counting. And then lo and behold, we get our follow-through day on the NASDAQ composite uh, last Friday. We certainly had the, the price activity was high enough, 2% uh, nearly, and the volume was way above average, way above the previous day. Now, granted, that was triple witching options expiration, so uh, a lot of times you will get uh, a big boost in options because of that. But you know, the rules are the rules, and uh, that did kind of bring us to the 50-day moving average line for the NASDAQ. and qualified as the follow-through day. So, oh, and I should also mention it was a subsequent follow-through day for the S&P 500 on that same day. So given all of that, is this the green light? Are you going fully on margin? What are you doing with all of this, all this information, Arusha? Yeah, well, Justin, yeah, nothing really changes. We, we, we got the signal. And so now we're going to be methodical in our approach. We'll look for something to buy and, uh, of a, with a stock that's showing some good relative strength breaking out of a base and we might try one or two positions and see how it works and see if we're able to get some traction uh and and if we are and if it turns out to be a rally that ends up working pretty well what will happen is those initial positions should start working okay or at least going sideways and not really stopping you out and then a few days later you might get another opportunity to buy a stock and then a few days later another opportunity and so you let the market slowly pull you in and and for those real rallies after three or four weeks, all of a sudden you find yourself uh, pretty heavily invested, uh, but you're just slowly scaling in. And of course, if it doesn't work in those initial couple of weeks, you're so you're slowly scaling out or maybe even quickly scaling out if, mm -hmm. if the if the market really starts selling off. So our approach really doesn't change. Uh, now, I would say, Justin, that. It is encouraging with the yeah, the S and P 500. It was a day 15 fall through day, and then the, a few days later, you had that fall through day, as you said, on the Nasdaq a day four. Seeing that fall through day on the Nasdaq gave a little bit more confidence that okay, maybe we have a chance here at least for a little bit of a rally. Uh, but uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. We're kind of at these indexes are at some uh, key resistance, and we have to see how they behave there. Right. And and for those of you that are, uh, you know, not looking at the charts, just so you can kind of follow along at home, the S&P 500, that follow through day was on February 16th. Uh, that's actually when we were doing the, the, the podcast last, right? We were taping it, uh, looking at all of the 
powerful action that had happened. I mean, we had the big move in China, uh, Chinese stocks, a lot of stocks that were coming off the bottom, uh, which has been one of the things that's a little bit different about this market. Um, and, and of course, the NASDAQ composite, the follow through day for that index was on March 18th, just this past Friday. But I guess one of the things that felt a little bit different to me this time around is there has been this whole segment of the market that's been working already. That's right. been in an uptrend. That's been doing fine. You know, it's the oil stocks, the shippers, uh, the fertilizers, uh, you know, a lot of these cyclical names, the metals. Uh, I mean, it, that was one of the reasons why it was so timely having Will Rind on the podcast last last week, because he's talking about all these commodity plays. So it's, it's a little bit different. And I guess, would you expect rotation if if we're getting the follow through day and you're kind of expecting growth to come back on? potentially or can slim style at least but right now it certainly doesn't seem like the cyclical plays are dead at this point yeah i, I don't know if you necessarily have to expect rotation uh it, it could happen uh, you'd want to see a broadening and so mm -hmm. you want to see a number of these technology stocks or nasdaq related stocks start catching up and start doing well but it would not surprise me to see the commodities continue to do pretty well now they've all had uh uh, they've had a pretty tremendous run to start the year. And so they, it, it, they could, you know, should, be, it should pull back in the short term and have a kind of a short term kind of rotation and allow some of the technology stocks to catch up a little bit or start to doing well for maybe four to six weeks. And then you could see more bases forming in the energy sector and they could, you know, they could start moving higher too. So I don't, I don't think you necessarily need to eliminate one or have that rotation mm -hmm. out of energy or commodities or shipping uh, and go into te uh, technology. Sometimes, you know, the best rallies or a lot of times the, the best rallies are ones that keep broadening and there's just more, that much more participation in it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in terms of broadening, I, I know one of the things that we bring up is if, if you're a MarketSmith subscriber, we do have these uh, different market indicators. So I look at uh, the ticker symbol GMIAB a lot of times for the NASDAQ, GMIAA for the NYSE. And it does have the advanced decline line for both of those exchanges on that chart. So you can see, I mean, again, we were in a pretty, pretty severe downtrend on this advanced decline line, which is just showing you uh, the advances versus the declines over time. And you just saw that there was just a lot more decliners day after day after day. But that certainly seemed to be changing as we were getting these follow through days of this last rally. Yeah, it it might be forming a bottom, a number of stocks that seem like even the week before the follow through day, uh, a number of these stocks refused to make bottoms they came close and it just seemed like the selling pressure started to dissipate uh but it still has a long ways to go i think for a lot of these stocks especially when you look within the nasdaq there are a lot of stocks that still need to complete their bases mm -hmm. they just might be building the right hand sides of bases right now and so it wouldn't surprise me to see the markets pull back a little bit go sideways uh, and give the stock those stocks a little bit more time to complete bases now of course that's my opinion that those are predictions right there. Uh, but uh, but a lot of times you, you, you want to see a lot of bases form and then you really ha know that, OK, we might have a great shot here because there are just so many things to buy. Yeah. And we'll certainly get into more of that in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to just talk real quickly about, again, since we have since we came down um, again over time and we have a lot of overhead supply, potentially, a lot of resistance areas. So turning our attention back to the NASDAQ, uh, one of the things that I was concerned about is that 50-day moving average line. And I'll be honest with you, on Monday, I was I was starting to go short. I, I was oh, like, wow. oh, this is it. You know, this is that that's the rally. It's done. Uh, and I, I, I started, you know, putting on uh, putting on some short positions because I thought that this might be. Uh, another case where we rally at, at, into the 50-day moving average line and turn turn tail. Now the index did come back uh, from that, um, I'll, and I'll also just share you know some of the things that I was looking at in terms of shorting. Uh, one that stuck out to me was like the the, the home builders XHB uh, was was looking pretty uh, pretty bad at that point. You know coming into its you know 50-day moving average line the previous week and then coming down. Um, that has certainly 
gotten uglier. Yep. But the NASDAQ, uh, which is, again, where where I was kind of, uh, you know, looking at more, uh, that that just zoomed right back up on Tuesday and uh, crossed above that 14,000 level. It, you know, we, we have taken out the early March highs, uh, which is an area that uh, looked like it could be resistance, but we took that out on the follow through day. We got above that 50 day moving average line very strongly on Tuesday, the 22nd. Um, you know, today it was a little bit more of, okay, tech out of favor and oil back in. But what other areas are you looking at to kind of give you conviction that the index is not as damaged? Um, you know, certainly the 14509, 56, you know, you see these marked highs that we have on MarketSmith. So that area uh, seems important to me because, again, if you draw the line straight back, you know, if, if, you, if you go the other way, if you go straight back the other way, you can start to see that this was an area that kind of provided support a number of times, you know, like back in October of 2021 and in August of 2021. And, you know, it dipped below there in July, but there was a, a kind of a, it seemed like an area of support that it kept on hitting there. And that's very close also to an area of uh, resistance that it was hitting for a good portion of the early part of 2021 that was just below that in like the 14,200 level. Um, so those are some of the areas that I'm looking at as, as being important, um, you know, and, and the S&P 500 has similar things. Uh, are any of these things coming into your, I guess, calculation? Or is it really just about, look, if I can find stocks to buy and the, the market is giving me that feedback that they're working, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue increasing my exposure. Yeah, for, for me, a, a lot of times it's I'm just looking at the stocks. If I just see more stocks uh, that are setting up and breaking out and I'm, I'm starting to get traction, that's going to build more confidence. I'm not always going to let the markets or the indexes themselves tell me because that hasn't served me as well in the past where if it comes to a resistance area, I'm yeah, I might you know start to lighten up too much. But the individual stocks aren't necessarily telling me that. But I'm I'm thinking, OK, with the indexes, maybe this is it. So so I prefer. Well, I prefer generally for both ways, you know, getting into the markets, the individual stocks are going to enable me to get into the markets and also getting out of the markets when, when you're heavily invested in and you have a number of positions and all of a sudden you start to see one or two sell pretty heavily uh, and, and force you out. That's naturally moving you more towards the sidelines and you then might start seeing more distribution. So uh, usually the individual stocks are going to tell me when to get in and when to get out. Now, that mm -hmm. being said, on the NASDAQ, uh, it it wouldn't surprise me to see a rally all the way back up even to the 200 day, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of thinking from a psychological level, if we had a, say we kind of rest around here maybe for a few days and then all of a sudden you get have another kind of really strong move up, if you get close to that 200 day level, everyone at that point is convinced that the next great rally has started, right? And maybe it has, but... If if you're if you're looking to shake out more people and and uh, really just destroy confidence everywhere, if you rally right up to the 200 day and also now uh, sell down more and even undercut the lows and we're actually now more in kind of a we're in actually more of a, a bear market and this is just kind of a, sh a short coming rally or just a short term kind of squeeze type of thing, uh, that would be brutal, right? I mean that would really hurt everybody, but yeah. it would kind of really teach a lot of people a lesson too i think <laughs> um, that lesson in humility <laughs> exactly and that the markets can actually go down now that being yeah. said you know uh, there, there are plenty of times where i am sometimes a little slow to to start buying when these rallies start right i'll, I'll slowly get it get in and i'll just slowly move in and then others are going to be very quick to to get in right at those fall today so you kind of have to adapt to that and then for those rides that work it may take me a couple more weeks to really get more aggressive uh, but i always kind of think of both sides and, and i try to do my best to keep an open mind but that being said i think the the best indicator for me has always been are their stocks giving me more reason to get more exposure to the market mm -hmm. and you know one of the things that's tough is 
I mean, again, if you just go to the weekly chart and you look at the the gain of last week, I think it was eight percent on the Nasdaq composite, and right. so that's where a lot of people say, "Oh, look, this is this is why market timing doesn't work," you know, because if you if you get out of the market, then you miss you know you miss these eight percent moves right. in a week and and stuff, which they have a point, but also keep in mind. We're we're trying to avoid that 22% move down, you know, that we had in the Nasdaq Composite. So uh, it, it it goes a little bit of both ways in terms of yeah, you're not going to participate in some of the move by by removing yourself from the market and hopefully protecting your capital. Um, well, but you also reduce it, your volatility. Yeah, and but the that eight percent rally in one week makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. Uh, because, as you said, you know, a lot, a lot of times the strongest rallies are in a bear market, right. right? And so, whenever I see these really strong rallies, I I immediately start thinking: Are is is this more of an indication that we're in a bear market as opposed to that final kind of uh, capitulation, mm -hmm. right? Where all the sellers are out who were going to get out, and, and honestly, that could be the case. But but what, last week when I saw it and how powerful it was and how strong some of these stocks were coming up, that it, that made me more kind of a, you know a little bit nervous that we're still more in kind of a, a bear market type of thing. Especially when you you mentioned like the the Chinese stocks like the K Web and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that, right? I mean that that was up forty percent. I, I mean it's almost <laughs> right. comical that it's still it's still sixty three percent off its highs. And it was up like forty percent last week, right? Um, yeah. Let's see how much was it. Uh, no, actually, twenty eight percent. No, but, but but from the lows, that's, oh, that's from the lows. From the lows, yeah, from the right, lows right, right, it yeah. was <laughs> it, it was way up there. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, so so stuff like that. It's like okay, are were those the stocks that were really causing the Nasdaq to go up eight percent versus mm -hmm. stocks that were well set up and they were powerfully breaking out? Um, and so, so I, I think we, we have to still be a little bit more patient. And so you don't want to go in, in my opinion, I, at least for me, I'm not necessarily going to go a hundred percent in at this point, right? I'm going to definitely have some chips on the table and have some exposure, uh, because that's gonna, that will prevent me from getting caught, uh, where the market just keeps going up and I'm waiting mm -hmm. for it to come down. Right. And I've done that before. And that is a very awful feeling and bad situation to be in. Um, so you have, or to even have worse. By the time you figure it out, you're like, okay, now I've got to, I've got to buy something, and everything is just extended, and, and like then you exact, and then it comes time, down, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Well, look uh, at me, top ticking things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I, I think it's uh, you definitely want to have some some exposure. You want to follow the rules. There's a fall through days. We're back in a confirmed uptrend. You definitely have to have some exposure. But I think it's also makes sense that you're not a hundred percent in a run margin. Okay. Well, this is a uh, this whole K Web talk and the bottom fishing is is really relevant to what we're going to be talking about in the second segment. So make sure you stay tuned because we're going to be talking about a little bit more of the stocks that are driving this market forward. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Wondering how to navigate market volatility in this unprecedented time? Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how machine learning technology can forecast stock market trends up to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. Vantage Point's artificial intelligence analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Don't trade harder, trade smarter. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com and see a free live demo today. Limited time only. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with my special guest, who's special every week, Arusha Pires, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. Uh, Arusha, you talked a little bit about how rather than focus too much on the indexes, you really try and focus on what the stocks, the individual stocks are telling you. So let's get into that a little bit, because certainly one of the things that I noticed about uh, the, the, the rally here this last week is a lot of times it's been powered by some of the most beaten down names that you've, you know, you've ever seen. Uh, in fact, just the other day, we were looking at uh, one of these powerful rally days uh, yesterday, and we were noting that you know, just going down the queues, like the the top, you know, the top movers, we're all underneath their 200-day moving average lines. So, yeah. is that something that's giving you a little concern that 
hey, for as much as the market was up, you know, 8% last week on the NASDAQ, is it being powered by the wrong stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is a reason for concern for sure. Uh, I'm not necessarily focused on that. I, I noticed that, the, okay, the market is doing well, and then I'll notice that there are some stocks breaking out. So, okay, let's take a mm -hmm. chance on some of these stocks. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking at, always looking at on a percentage-wise, uh, uh, on a percentage basis, what are the leading stocks of that day? And it's like, oh, wow, they're so still below the 200. I'm, I'm looking for stocks that are actually going to give me a chance to get in. So I'm focused more on setups more than anything right. else at, at, you know, during the day. But mm -hmm. you're you're absolutely right, though, Justin. When when you look back at it, especially the last week, there were a number of stocks that had amazing weeks. The problem was that they have had some really bad uh, couple of months <laughs> to start the year, and so yeah. that amazing week is still a, a small blip in in kind of the damage that they've sustained. Well, yeah, and just you know maybe take a look at Shopify ticker symbol S H O P. Of course, you know if if you go to the the weekly chart on this, you can see, okay, how much was it up last week? Um, so it was up, let's see, it was up 43% last week. Shop, and, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and for those who've been watching IBD Live and, you know, or, or listen to the podcast, you know, Shopify is one of my favorite companies out there. Uh, now, I when I got my sell rules, I, I, when, I was, when I hit my stop losses and stuff like that, I was out of it. It was up 43% last week, and it's still... 60% off its high. <laughs> right. I mean, it's stunning. just nuts. <laughs> yeah. And this is a great company, right? So it, first of all, the, the, the big thing is anything can happen in the stock market. Stocks are only good when they go up. And even the very best companies can go through some major, major corrections. And Shopify is yet the latest example. But it is pretty remarkable that up 43% in one week, and still 60% off its 52-week highs. Yeah, and of course, you know, part of that is because it's it's come off its high. You know, again, it's it's crazy that you have, I mean, right now, so far, we're down 10% for the week, and that's still in the upper part of the range of wow, last yes. week, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it, it, it almost looks like that 10% is nothing, uh, but I mean, that's still 10%, and, you know, here we are on Wednesday, so it's not even that the week is over here. Um, you know, Square, uh, or for, formerly known as Square, now known as Block, uh, ticker symbol SQ, is another one of these that had a, a pretty phenomenal week. Um, and, and again, you already mentioned uh, KWeb, the Chinese stocks, but another one where, look, this is still down 50%, uh, even though this has come off well off the bottom. I mean, last week was uh, almost so a 40% move. Yeah. You know, but if you look at from the bottom, you know, the, the move that it's had from, what is that, almost 80, 80 to, right. you know, now... You know, it hit 140 and yep. just just a few few weeks here. Um, but so like is this is this something? Move? Yeah, yeah. So, but how do you take advantage of that? A lot of people say, "Oh, well, if if only I had you know, if only I had bought it when it got down that much." But gosh, there's all of these points all along the way where you could have said, "Oh my gosh, I I could get block for 180," and that looked great until it went down to 140 and then to 120 and and so on and so on. So is, is there any way to play these? Well, if you're using our methodology, no. It, it, we, we will let these stocks have these pretty amazing runs uh, and kind of bounces off the bottom. Uh, we want to let the stocks truly settle down. So something like a Square or a Shopify, both great companies, but there's so much damage technically that uh, over the last four or five months for these stocks that they're going to need probably another four or five months to first settle down, go sideways and, and really kind of fall off the radar uh, for mm -hmm. a lot of traders out there. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe six months from now, maybe a block reports a, a great earnings and it has just formed some kind of pattern like a cup with a handle and now powerfully breaks out and now it it might have the chance to slowly start moving up but you, you mentioned it before justin there's a lot of overhead supply uh not just in indexes but also stocks right yeah especially these stocks that we're looking at i mean the overhead supply is is pretty crazy so i almost feel like uh in in these cases just with a lot of our research, we found that it's very rare for uh, 
spaces that are 40% deep to work. Usually what has to happen when you get something that gets so damaged like this, in order for it to come back and lead again, it almost has to form um, you know, one of these deep bases and then form another base. And sometimes this is where you get into the fractals, right? You, right. you look at that base and it's you know a, a, a base that's above its 200-day moving average line, the entire base above the 200-day moving average line. And that's the handle of this much larger base that was you know, 60% deep or something. But it's when that tightening happens, the more orderly base happens, that's when the setup looks a little bit more normal, a little bit more like what we recognize from all of our model book stocks, you know, thousands of names in there over a hundred years. Um, you know, that's, that's the image that kind of is burned in my brain as opposed to trying to get any of these off the bottom when they're just looking so, so damaged. Yeah, now... In 2020, we also had a pretty a brutal uh, sell-off, and you know, Block sold off probably more than 50% then too, and it had this quick V-shaped recovery. But the the difference there was the markets had a V-shaped recovery too, mm -hmm. uh, and and so maybe we have that here with the the markets too. Anything is possible, but the odds are it's more going to need to go sideways build bases stuff like that even um and you know in 2020 was very very tricky because it didn't really fit our models right when you saw a lot of that damage there mm -hmm. we were all thinking that oh we're probably it's probably going to be four to six months of, of sideways action uh, but that being said the markets are going to do what they want to do and when once we started seeing this kind of amazing v-shaped recovery we we still followed our rules and still look for bases or some kind of stocks that were in uptrends forming a little bit of a consolidation to buy out of we weren't trying to necessarily buy off the bottom even in such an unusual situation like we went almost two years ago exactly well and even in that case i, I mean one thing to kind of notice about that that time period okay so you had that 50 percent uh drop and then then you did have a little bit of tightening action you know i mean i would i would argue right. once you got up to roughly 65 um, you know, basically when you hit that 200 day uh, or 40 week moving average line, you you did tighten up there. And, and so that could be a little bit more of a model of, you know, again, the destruction happens and you need to have some more orderly thing for us to even start considering it. So um, I guess that's the that's the next phase here. If if some of these damaged stocks are going to get back on my radar, they've got to act a little bit more like blocked it back in 2020 where it got a little tight there and then it really had that move um and i feel like that's what a lot of the stocks did they, they yeah, got and, their damage and then they they tightened up in april and and just in the i mean i think the other key back then was the when you were looking at the relative strength line a lot of those yes. stocks even though the price was hit really hard the relative strength lines were recovering quickly and they were pretty close within their 52-week highs, uh, as mm -hmm. opposed to here, what, right where we are right now. There, When you look at the relative strength line for block right now, there's a lot of damage in it as well off its 52-week highs. And, and so that's the difference. Uh, what this is telling us is that, yeah, block has gotten hit, and it there, but there are plenty of other stocks that didn't get hit nearly as much. And so you want to stick with those stocks that are showing that relative strength versus going after a block. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I brought this up before, but I'm going to go off script here a little bit and, and bring it up again, because it just reminds me a little bit of the 2009, you know, um, uh, era. So if, if we just change the date real quick on MarketSmith uh, to 2009, if, if we look at, you know, maybe April or May of 2009, um, some of the stocks that I I watched Bill buying at that time. And and keep in mind, I, I already had 10, you know, almost 10 years under my belt investing at this point. But the financial crisis was was definitely something very different you know that uh, I, you know there was this whole feeling of oh my gosh the the sky is truly falling and the financial system might just completely blow up but you look at something like apple and in in that march march 09 era um you know this was well off of its highs it was it, it was you know still more than 30 percent it was a very deep base it had undercut it still looked horrible, but that relative strength line, 
this is something when when I saw Bill buying this, you know, I had to ask him like, what, you know, what was it about this, you know, especially in hindsight, because I, you know, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But in hindsight, when I saw it working, I was like, what was it about Apple that really stuck out to you? And he said it was that relative strength line. And another thing here is you'll notice we have the um, uh, what, what what index are you uh, are you using on top there? Oh, uh, uh, this is actually small cap. I love, you know, let small me, cap. Uh, OK, yeah. Let, you know, let, let me switch it back to the S&P 500 so we can. It's going to look this similar, but. Um, the S&P 500, what was interesting is it undercut in in February, and you, you can see how that undercut of the S&P 500 was pretty severe compared to its you know previous low, and Apple wasn't undercutting its previous lows. Um, this this held true also uh, with Priceline.com. Uh, now now it's called Booking, of course, but back then it was Priceline. Uh, BKNG is the ticker symbol. It used to be PCLN, but look at that. Look yeah, at how far it had already come up when the market was still making making those lows. So again, if, if you just kind of line up, uh, line up the second low or the, the lowest low on the S&P 500. Um, do you see on the index? Uh, your, yeah, your top index. So if you go to the, yeah, right there, if you go to that and you line that up with where Priceline was at the time, Right. It was it's well incredible. off its, you yep. know, its lows. Whereas the S and P five hundred was finding new lows. Um, same thing happened with Baidu, B I D U. Uh, this was another one where it just had a much much stronger um, relative strength line. It wasn't undercutting the lows. And then CMG, Chipotle Mexican Grill, uh, another one. So yep, or even Amazon was or yeah right. Well, I exactly. mean, you can look at Amazon. Look how far above oh, yeah. its uh, highs Amazon was. Uh, back in 2009 just screaming and, at you yep. and here we have uh, that tightening right underneath yep. the 200 day moving average line it just tightened right there and then broke above it and it was it was off to the races so um again i i guess i'm using this as a little bit of the the precedent of you know if i'm going to get into some of these uh real damaged goods what do they need to look like for me and you know the, the tightening action, the relative strength has to get better. Um, and, you know, th th there's a lot of checkboxes that they have to go through and they're not there yet. Absolutely. And and I think the, the biggest thing is that when I when I saw that and I learned about that later on, my mind was blown. I couldn't believe it, mm -hmm. you know, it, and it, but it made so much sense at that point. But that yeah, it seems so obvious, right? It seems so obvious. Like, oh, of course, those were the ones to buy. <laughs> they were screaming but, at you, as you said. <laughs> It uh, the the but that relative strength line is going to lead you in the right direction, especially during corrections, which is why we we also created the blue dot uh, to help us identify stocks even more if they are forming bases. And a lot of times they will form bases and keep you in the the right uh, pond to fish from. Right, and to a large degree, that's why this has been a very interesting downtrend that we had because there were this whole host of stocks that had those blue dots, the relative strength lines at new highs. In fact, that, that blue dot list was getting pretty extensive, almost it like, was, yeah. hey, there's there's almost too many names in here, um, you know, and, and the blue dots. Um, but, but one thing, Justin, is it, if you notice with the, the blue dot, there weren't a lot of technology stocks there, right? No, it was oh, no, all oil stocks and commodity related stocks. So the industry groups mm -hmm. are saying the same thing. Right. The blue dot, the RS line, everything was saying don't go more towards those Nasdaq stocks. Stick with the S and P 500 stocks. Yeah. In fact, on IBD Live this week, we were talking about: Is there should there be a new acronym for Fang right now? Instead of calling it, you know, the the, the Facebook, uh, Amazon, Netflix, and and Google, should it now be fertilizers, agriculture, natural resources, and gold? Because that's where the relative strength was. And it's not, you know, it's not that these cyclical stocks usually have. Uh, you know, runs that last a decade, but you know, back in back in 2005, 2007, I mean, you got a couple good years out of those stocks. Uh, that was really what was driving it. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the stocks that are on our radar. And yeah, there's just not very many in the tech sector. So we'll take a look at those when we get back. Kicking yourself for that early exit? Don't miss out on any more opportunities in 2022. 
vantage points, artificial intelligence has helped traders of all experience levels with its predictive analysis forecasting. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how their AI automatically recognizes global market patterns well ahead of the news to help you find the best opportunities. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com to join a free live training today. Don't hesitate. Save your seat now. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, along with my every week guest, Arusha Pires from O'Neill Global Advisors, portfolio manager there. So, Arusha, before the break, we were talking a little bit about some of these damaged goods. And, and certainly one of the areas that got the most damage was probably computer software enterprise group. Um, if you, if you just, and again, what was surprising to me is as I was looking at the industry groups and kind of doing the analysis over the weekend, and I looked at what groups moved the most last week, again, such a powerful week in the NASDAQ and the computer software enterprise group, uh, which you can put in at G3, five, eight, three in MarketSmith. That's our industry group code for the computer software enterprise group. That was up like 15% for the week. Um, you know, a, a phenomenal move. But again, like a lot of those stocks we were talking about, really damaged goods. And you, you see, okay, so this is what was leading last week. But that group is still, what is it, 187 out of 197? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, yeah, there's just there's just tremendous damage in, in this in that group uh and you know it, it did remind me so i think yeah as you said justin computer software was probably the highest group uh more than 15 percent last week there were a lot of groups up double digits last week a lot of yeah. industry groups um, yeah. so so yeah that that really kind of surprised me too which kind of leads back to the what, what i was saying earlier on there's a lot of volatility when you see these monster type of rallies it might still be telling you that you might not necessarily be out of this more bear type of market just yet. Mm -hmm. But there was a bright, shiny spot uh, that has been in that group for a while now. Uh, So it wasn't necessarily one that had a a great week last week, but Concentrics Corporation, to our point from the earlier segment, this is one that has had a very strong relative strength. This is one that you can see you know, really broke out in January from this double bottom pattern. And the relative strength line started soaring at that point. And even though it's formed this base here, this just looks so different from everything else in the group. So is that a good thing, a bad thing? How, how do you interpret this? I, I think it's a it's a good thing. It, it uh, Now, remember, when you're looking at Shopify, which is part of the same group, that was 60% of the, off its highs. This is within a few percent, uh, 7% off its highs here. So that's showing some good relative strength. This one's actually moving up, forming bases, which are an indication of accumulation going on. So one thing that uh, that I learned from David Ryan was that he, he said that if you see a stock that's in a very poor industry group, but it's, it's right near new highs, it's slowly trying to fight the trend, a lot of times, if that group starts to turn around and starts to move up the rankings, this stock that uh, was right near new highs could become one of those next leaders. So Concentrix is showing that type of characteristics. We just have to see uh, if it can continue that. And of course, it has earnings next week. And so that could be a catalyst one way or the other if this stock is going to continue or not. Yeah. And, and for today's trading day, I mean, this did not look like a great day. It was down 3%. But, but on again, lower take volume, that, on still lower volume, EBA, right? Yeah. You had that huge volume that came in, and granted, one of those was options expiration, the triple witching. Um, but again, you take that step back to the weekly. This is still a flat base. The overall base here is what twelve percent, you know. So yep. it's it, it's really just looking very very constructive, um, nice tight action, not not really. Uh, giving up much ground when, of course, the market was giving up a lot of ground. So uh, that's one of the things that I think looks interesting about it. And, you know, to your point about these lone wolves in a group, uh, one of the other things I would look for is, is sometimes if you kind of get to know the story a little bit, sometimes these companies might be doing something very different from everyone else in the group. Uh, sometimes it's a matter of 
it's so different that they almost are participating in a different group. And it makes me just think of Charles Schwab back in 1998, October 1998, when Charles Schwab uh, broke out. It, it looked like an internet stock. It didn't look like a brokerage stock at that time. Um, it looked a lot more like AOL in its formation when it had this uh, cup with handle formation right there that you're showing. And October 98 was when it broke out on the day of the follow through day. Um, and why, why did it look like an internet stock then? Well, they were the first broker to start doing online trading and, and make it a big thing and make it easy to do it, do it online. So uh, it, it really did look very different from the other brokers. Um, so definitely keep that in mind. But, well, and Justin, just, just to go off of that, um, that it, it also does remind me of Apple back in 2004. Oh, yeah, right. Where Apple was part of the, the computer. Computer. Group. Yeah, right. But then here, mm -hmm. Exactly. But here they are. They're they're forming a uh, they, they, they just released the the iPod at that point. And mm -hmm. uh, they he, here they go. Not well, they're not acting like a computer company because they're no longer a computer company. Mm -hmm. Right. And so while they were kind of being in the same industry group as a Dell and um, uh, HP and stuff HP, like that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're reinventing themselves and all of a sudden they're putting on these monster earnings and sales and they're completely changing the direction of their company. Yeah, to such a degree, a lot of people might not remember that it used to be called Apple Computer. That's right. And they dropped the computer because they were getting more revenue from the iPhone and from uh, their devices and, and from services than they were from their computers. The computer started to get, get to be a fraction of their revenue. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the complete mix changed. Um, so, yeah, that's that's another great example. And, and sometimes, yeah, you do get those name changes um, as a result. Um, so certainly in the tech space, that's an example of um, one of the stocks that maybe is is more in that setup. Uh, in a group that's been decimated. But, you know, again, to our point of what's been working lately, it has been a lot of these, uh, you know, the, the metals, the fertilizers, you know, agriculture stocks. And, and to that end, I know one of the stocks that you put on my radar was MP Materials, uh, ticker symbol MP. And, you know, you kept on talking about the the rare earth metals and, you know, what, what that could be meaning for, for people. And I, you know, this had a nice cup base that formed. Again, this got supported as 200-day moving average line uh, when the indexes were trading well below their 200-day moving average lines. So what was it that, well, first of all, how did this get on your radar and what is it that you, you found attractive uh, about it? And I should mention that I, I do own shares of this now, thanks to you. Yeah, well, you know, I actually haven't even bought it yet. I, when we were talking about, <laughs> when we were talking about it, I was like, oh, I got to go and well, buy that. Thank you for the gift. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally forgot to, I, I totally got distracted and didn't buy it. But um, here, the a couple of things that the way it came on the radar, it I noticed that it was forming a couple of the handle pattern. And and you were talking about fractals earlier, Justin. This is really kind of a couple of the handle, uh, part of a larger base too, right? Maybe mm -hmm. kind of an ugly kind of couple of the handle. But I, I just noticed that, hey, this stock has been going sideways for a long time. Uh, the whole rare earth uh, kind of thing going on where it's needed everywhere. Uh, but there, China has, you know, a lot of the mines and mm -hmm. here's MP materials with, I think the only mine in the U S yeah. that that's mountain operational. pass, mountain pass site in California. Uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, so, um, so that's actually operational. Uh, and it has been on the radar before, but I remember this was maybe like a year ago. I think it was over here last March where it sold off heavily. Maybe that's when um, one of those uh, companies that released uh, the the research to to short the companies. I can't I can't mm. remember who 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 did it, but it, it might have been there where they kind of sold off because it's a lot of customer concentration. I think with this company. But that being said, it didn't completely fall apart. It went sideways. It's getting pretty close to all-time highs here. It broke out pretty nicely. Relative strength is acting well. Let me just switch over to that weekly chart. Uh, and uh, so it's a little bit more volatile than a number of these other commodity-related stocks. And also, it's not acting nearly as well as a number of these other commodity-related stocks. But it is getting pretty close to, to breaking out and, and really working. Well, actually, it did break out. It's getting close to going into new highs and... Maybe then it can, you know, start resume kind of the a trend, uh, a pretty nice trend like it had uh, a couple of years ago. 
Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, there is kind of that compelling story behind it, too. You know, again, China dominates the global supply, and that is considered by many to be a national security risk. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just like we saw with chips, you know, when it was kind of like, hey, we, we, we've got a problem now that so many of the foundries and everything are are not locally based and and you see a, a big shift now to bring things into ohio arizona you know these um kind of their, their own little gigafactories uh for for chips um and and stuff so um yeah it, it's a interesting thing I, I do think that they are still sending their their concentrate to china for processing um but again their i think their plan is to vertically integrate a little bit um and that mountain pass site from my understanding is they they brought it from uh you know when they bought it it was a, a site that was shut down shuttered basically had eight employees to now uh you know a productive site so uh and you know these are the materials that are used for a lot of the uh, renewable energy plays, the green energy that we're talking about, whether it's electrical, electric vehicles, wind turbines, uh, you know, those types of things, uh, the magnets and everything like that that are required for a lot of that technology are are in this rare earth mining. So uh, very interesting there. And let's go ahead and uh, uh, close it out with uh, Darling Ingredients, which which did have a rough day today, but this is another one that's, you know, kind of in the, in the resources play. Um, this is one where it, we've been talking a little bit about this on IBD Live, how they have this whole concept of taking the taking the old cooking fat and stuff like that from different restaurants. Uh, on the 21st, you saw that big jump that it had when it broke out. Um, I we put it on Swing Trader on that day, and uh, actually the day before, right there, the 21st, um, and and on leaderboard and. You know, turned out that the news behind that move was that they had a partnership with Chick Fil A. Hey, oh. you know what? You give us your, you give us your refuse, and we will turn that into fuel. Um, now that is still a, you know, small part of their revenue base. Uh, you know, the the last the last I saw it was ten percent, but it's providing a lot of income, a lot of the profits uh, to their company. So maybe talk a little bit about this base and and what what you're seeing. Yeah. Now, this is a, versus the MP materials. This is, in my opinion, a, a more constructive base here where and, and I, I almost when I look at this base, it, it looks like to me that this is one of those classic stocks that goes underneath the radar. Right. No one is really watching a company that's in, involved in cooking oil and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it has been slowly accumulated. Uh, and had that powerful breakout. You had the cheat entry where you, where you guys put it on a leaderboard at that point. Uh, and so, and it's part really of a larger trading range too that's been going over mm -hmm. a whole year. So there are a lot of things technically to like about it. And then the relative strength line is right near new highs and powerful breakout. So even today where you kind of had that reversal and it's a little bit below the pivot, it doesn't necessarily bother me too much uh, it, it's it's a lot of stocks are going to do that where they kind of try to go, then they're going to have that reversal. It's it's really how do they behave after, right? In the next week or two, can they recover from that and then make a new high? But overall, the, you know, this is one of those kind of classic stocks that's uh, that's not our technology stocks, right? Yeah, These right. are the type of stocks that that are doing well and kind of setting mm -hmm. up and might be poised to go higher. Now, uh, a lot of people one of the things they look at is is what's known as the death cross. You have the 50-day moving average line. When that crossed below the the 200-day moving average line, or if you're looking at the weekly, it was the, you know, the 10-week below the 40-week. Uh, and they look at that as, as a, a bearish signal. Uh, I find a lot of times, you know, in markets, uh, and certainly with stocks as well, uh, that tends to be late. So is that something that bothers you, that it had that signal? No, not necessarily, because you, you will see that. And it will first, yeah, if you're waiting for that, it's, there, there's definitely quite a bit of lag to it, mm -hmm. right? But for for trend traders who are a little bit slower and they want to capture the large part of the moves and stuff like that, those th that type of signal is going to keep you in for the primary move too. Um, but you will give a bunch back if you're waiting for the death cross as your sell signal. There are plenty of times, I think, especially with stocks, when they're going sideways long enough that the 50-day will start mm -hmm. to go underneath the 200-day. Is, is it a warning sign? Is there a little bit of concern? Sure. But I, honestly, probably I'm not in the stock at that point because right. it's just been going sideways for so long. <laughs> but the key is that 50-day needs to just come back up through 
the 200 day in in a short amount of time within a month or so and mm-hmm. it looks like for darling at least it's trying to do that so it's on its way yeah so i wouldn't necessarily it's a good point because it's 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 rare that you'll see a cup with handle form and the 50 days below the 200 day so that is kind of interesting but that went if i really like the story and and really kind of had that conviction in this case it wouldn't necessarily prevent me from buying it i don't necessarily mm-hmm. i don't yeah i mean i'm not in darling at this point but uh it, it wouldn't necessarily prevent me i would just take a shot see what happens maybe a little bit smaller to adjust for that but um uh, I, I think overall the, the pattern itself looks good and it's right near new highs that you're going to probably find out pretty quickly whether this works or not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this really has been basing for almost a year here. I, I mean, it did pop out a little bit in October uh, and then kind of went back into a base. Um, the base is about 30% deep, uh, which isn't too bad for for stocks. But I, I think the other component here that this has proven that it's able to be, make a move. It certainly had a very strong move in 2020. Um, you know, after you know a, a lot of time not really doing much of anything, but that 2020 move was was pretty powerful. And it reminds me a little bit of another D stock, uh, Deer DE, which kind of also did a, a similar strong move in 2020 and has been basing for the last year and is now coming out of that. So another uh, agriculture related, you know, with, with their farm equipment. And yeah. And Justin, I do own shares of deer. Um, and now, now the one thing that I was just looking at with the darling too, with, now deer, the relative strength line is pretty close to new highs. Uh, but when I was looking at darling, the, the relative strength line is still a little bit further mm-hmm. away, away. Right. So it, this one is, is going to be a little bit more of a lagging stock, but this is where it really should work. And so if it starts to make new highs here, and especially all-time highs, you really should see that relative strength line going into new highs to confirm that this is becoming more of a leader in the market. Yeah, very good point. Uh, that relative strength line can really kind of let you know about per- uh, potential flaws and and really where the leadership truly is. So appreciate your insight as always, Arusha. Thanks for being here as uh, my my special guest for the wee time, and uh, I'm sure we will do it again soon. So absolutely, uh, thanks thanks a lot. Next week we're going to have Scott Bennett back on the show. Scott Bennett is from Invest with Rules, and he follows a lot of data on where the billion dollar funds are putting their money. So it'll be great to have him back on the show. So thank you for watching us this week, and we hope you tune in for us next week. Take care. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.